Hi, I'm Maria T. Harris of Fellow Sews on social media. Welcome back to Sober 50 Podcast on Soul Organized Style. Grab a cuppa and relax with us. I begin today by acknowledging the traditional custodians of the land on which we record this podcast and pay respects to the elders past and present. Many thanks for the ongoing support from the Patreon community for Soul Organized Style Podcast. Your ongoing support every month keeps me developing these podcasts so you and our listeners can hear from sellers from all walks of life. Thanks for joining us on Sober 50 Podcast. Sober 50 intersects with all communities. We're a community that is sober ageism. The Sober 50 community is positively leading being visible in the sewing world. Today's guest is Kathy Freeman and she is a Sober 50 follower. And I'm so pleased that she's here today. Hi, Kathy. Hello, how are you? Good, how are you? Yeah, good, good. Thank you for inviting me into your home today. It's lovely to see you. It's lovely to see you. It's lovely to hear you as well. I love listening to the podcasts and hearing what people sound like. It's lovely. So usually it's just a photo that we see on Instagram. Kathy, how did you find out about the Sub 50 community? Just by starting to go on Instagram and I think it was my daughter and her friend that persuaded me to start showing what I was making on Instagram. I was really nervous about doing that. I didn't know, I didn't really know much about Instagram. And then once I got going, that was it. I found them through that. Okay. And had you been using technology or social media before that? No, not at all. (laughs) It was really new to me. I even asked a, a friend to show me what Instagram was. I think I was scared of being scammed or, you know, not understanding what I was doing. So that was a nice lesson. That was good of a but actually Instagram's lovely and the sewing community is really positive. There's never negative things on there. It's lovely. It's really nice to be amongst people who sew all over the world because in a lot of ways, if you're sewing in your sewing room, you're kind of isolated. Yeah, you're on your own, aren't you? But sharing your make, sharing your issues with a particular thing is great. Yeah. It's lovely. Have you been sewing for a while or are you new to sewing? I started sewing when I was about 10. So my gran and my mum showed me how to use the Singer sewing machine. And then I kind of just got hooked in the 80s. I was making hideous, hideous clothes for myself. And luckily there's no photos of them. But, you know, my mum encouraged it. She's very artistic and said, just make whatever you want to make, wear whatever you want to wear and encourage that creativity. And then I think once the kids were born and they're getting older, that's when I really started making my clothes, all of my clothes. So, yeah, it took off then. So now when you go shopping, what type of store do you go to first? I don't like shopping. I certainly don't go to normal clothes shops. I start in the charity shops. I've always been a charity shop person. Again, mum encouraged that. So find something there that you could alter or, you know, amend. And then also charity shops sell lots of fabric. So that's always a little treasure trove. Some are hideous, you know, but some are great. And I think in the UK, you've got a good amount of charity shops that you can source whatever you need. Yeah, there's less of a stigma about shopping in charity shops now. People do it out of necessity and out of wanting something different to what's in the normal stores. Yeah, people are happy to go to a charity shop to reduce waste where they can. Yeah, that's definitely on the app to sort of stop the overproducing of things. There must be a second-hand version of this somewhere, you know. Yeah, exactly. Did you go to the Edinburgh Froctails? 
I didn't go to that, but I went to the So Over 50 meetup in London that happened in the February, just before lockdown. Right. So I feel really lucky to have got that in, you know, because we didn't know what was coming. We had no idea, I don't think, what was coming. And I met some really, really lovely people at that. I think it was about 75 of us at that event. Met Judith. It was just lovely. Really cool. And that was one of the first meetups. I think so, yeah. Yeah, actually, it was the first, I suppose. Yeah, it was actually in a fabric shop as well, which was just (laughs) ideal for us. The perfect venue. Yeah, yeah. When you are sewing, where do you get your inspiration from? Lots of places, really. Instagram is a big one. If somebody's sewn a really nice pattern, you think you go and have a noodle around and see what other people have done with that pattern. And and then you think, oh, I've got that fabric or I've got something similar. And Instagram's probably a good one. Pinterest, definitely. Yeah. And where can people find you online? Is it just on Instagram? Just on Instagram. I'm Kathy Sews Stuff, my main account. Yeah. But I'm also half of South Sea Sewn. And that's um, a sewing or a stitch group that me and my friend Karen set up just after lockdown locally. And it was to bring people together that were sewers, embroiderers, crochet, anything, any stitches is, you know, welcome. So it's a local group and we meet once a month and it's lovely. Just come and bring your own project. Were you initially meeting up virtually and now you meet up face to face? I met Karen through a different sewing group pre-lockdown, but that was half an hour drive away. And then during lockdown, we were just discussing, why don't we set up one more locally once we're out of all of this? Yeah, we were brave and it was quite nerve wracking and we did it. We thought nobody would turn up and lots of people turned up and it's lovely. And you meet again, you meet like-minded people, you meet new people. It's just great. And everyone helps each other and it's mainly chatting and cake, to be honest. But, you know, <laughs> it is really nice. I'm glad we started it. So it's been going on for how long now? How many years? Not even two years. I'd say about a year and a half, I think. So we're really new. And has attendance grown? It stays about the same. We always promote it via Instagram. That's it. really our only means of promoting it. Different people drop in and out. So you get some people that are there every month, some just drop in and out when they can. So I suppose about between 15 and 17 people come every month. We'd like it to be more because it'd be more inclusive or whatever. And last month I started a sew along, (laughs) which again was something I've never done before. So I got the idea of why don't we sew something together with people that already know how to sew and some real new sewers. So we started making a bucket hat together and we'll carry it on through the next session. So that's got mixed results. (laughs) Some people are finding it hard. Some people are finding it okay, but we're on hand to help them and they can message us and, you know, help them out. And for that bucket hat challenge where you're helping others to sew, are there any particular patterns that you're using? Is there one? Talk about that. This one is the Merchant and Mills bucket hat because that's a free one. So we were able to use that. Yep. And it's easy access. We got it for everyone as well. I did make a few beforehand, so I knew exactly what, what <laughs> to do. It is lovely sort of showing people who are really new or unsure just a particular tip or a trick or what does that sentence mean in a pattern? Because if you're not used to it, it's, you know, can be quite confusing. Do you have to do fitting of a bucket hat with the people that you're sewing with? Well, we just measured heads. <laughs> heads <laughs> to come 
And because I'd made a few already in different sizes, they were able to try on those. So that was quite straightforward. But I think maybe my next sew along, I might do a slightly simpler project. I've realised that sewing curves for people who are new at it is quite daunting. <laughs> but we're all going for it. It's, you know, we'll get some hats by the end of it. You know, it's now summer in the UK. So it's a perfect time to make bucket hats. Yeah, festival season, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Does this also mean that people bring in fabrics that they've been saving or scraps and they make them into hats? Yeah, yeah. We also have like a swap table, charity swap, and so they bring in things that they've no longer needed and we swap or put some money in the charity pot. So all sorts of you, ends of, yeah, leftover fabrics, yeah. At the minute, it started with Me Made May. I'm going through my wardrobe because it was absolutely chock-a-block with clothes that I'd made, but I was not wearing them. So I've really investigated why I wasn't wearing certain things and tried to alter them or change the thing I didn't like. The real issue was that lots of these clothes didn't fit me. (laughs) My body has changed. I'm getting bigger. And I couldn't bear the thought of getting rid of these clothes for a long time, but I couldn't get into them. So I couldn't alter all of them. So it's a bit sad, really. But so what I've done, I've been really strict and really looked at the ones that I would never, ever get wear again. Although I maybe could alter some, I couldn't alter all of them. I've now taken the plunge and passed those on. So they've gone on now. I've given them to my daughter who's holding like a clothes swap. So they've all gone now. I don't have to look at them and feel sad anymore. (laughs) Somebody else will love them. The nice thing is that it's gone to a dress swap which means people are going to use the clothing that you've sewn. That's right. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You don't want to just give them away willy-nilly, I think, because you know how much effort has been put into making that item and you're just reluctant to just toss it to one side, really. But anyway, that's gone. So I have more space in my wardrobe. I have less clothes, which means I can make more. (laughs) So what are your plans now that you've been able to pass on your much-loved clothes? elsewhere what are your plans going forward well I'm trying to trying to figure out now what I like in terms of my shape what style I like and I think because I've changed shape slightly some of the things I used to like wearing don't necessarily suit me now so I'm just going through that at the moment which is probably why I'm always making something and then almost immediately chopping it up (laughs) and redoing it it's driving me crackers but I realised you know, taste change, but also body changes and yeah. things like that. I'm going through a sort of um, a rediscovery. There you go, a rediscovery of what I like, what fits, what suits. And have you also had to change colour of fabrics that you use as well? I don't think I have because I've always been kind of bright anyway, bright jewel colours. So, no, that hasn't changed. Okay. And I love bold prints, so that hasn't changed either. Maybe just the shape of things, they have to be looser, <laughs> not fitted. <laughs> Which is a shame. Never mind. Never mind. You know, because we sew, we know how to grade out and grade in. Yeah. And it just means that we're grading out now. So that's just how it is. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And quite a lot of my things. I quite like the um, Japanese sewing books. I've got quite a few. And they're very much lots of fabric with gathers and wider shapes, boxy shapes, which is, well, perfect, really. <laughs> so it's that sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's really good that you've started a local group of people who make things. Yeah. That need was there and you went ahead with your friend to do that. So that's really good. It was just something I thought of. 
in lockdown, I taught myself to knit. I thought I'm going to learn something new because lots of people did that in lockdown, didn't they? Yeah. They taught themselves new creative things. And then out of lockdown, I think people were just a bit, well, maybe isolated or, you know, on their own. But this brought a lot of those people together. And yeah, it's really nice. I'm really glad we did it and took the plunge. And do you also swap recipes? Because you said that you have cake and yet you chat. Yeah, yeah. I swap recipes with my friends all the time, yeah. Yeah. I think all those things are linked, aren't they? If, if you like cooking, you're probably very creative as well and it all mixes in. Are there any pattern designers that you've seen that feature older sewers? I don't see many, I have to say. I don't buy very many new patterns because I buy pattern books, like the Japanese books. Yep. They tend to have so many in them. I don't really buy individual patterns, even though so over 50 is really, really good at promoting this. I don't see many more companies promoting older people. It's a bit of a shame. Yeah, it is a bit of a shame. Unless I'm just not looking, you know, because I'm not in, I don't know, because I buy books, not individual patterns. I don't notice it. Well, I think the good thing from what you've said is that you get inspired by seeing the people in Sober 50 who are making things. Yeah. So in a way that helps you decide what suits you. Yeah, they're promoting it, aren't they? These sewers that I follow are promoting these patterns, not the companies, yeah. That's just how it is. Yeah, they're missing a market really, aren't they? They're missing a whole trick, these pattern companies, because usually the older sewers have the most money. We've got we've got spare cash. We could be buying more. I know, yeah. We just inspire each other, I suppose, on Sew Over 50. We do. Kathy, what tips would you pass on to people who are new to sewing? Well, my first one was don't be disheartened. Don't get disheartened. That's quite hard to do, I know, if something doesn't go quite right. Because even now, I make horrendous mistakes and just go, oh, but just carry on. You'll get there. So if something goes badly wrong, well, you'll just turn that thing into a tote bag. That's absolutely fine. And then you've gained a bag. But (laughs) I think there's always just unpick and... Maybe walk away, have a cup of tea and come back to it. Don't be disheartened. That'd be my main tip. My other tip, and I only thought of this last night when I was sewing a bucket hat again, a fiddly bit, was use quilters pins, not tiny little sewing pins. Quilters pins are much longer. Yes. So less fiddly when you're unsure of what you're doing and you're new to this. Use nice fat pins. (laughs) That would be my second tip. I agree with you. I use the very long quilting pins so that I can see them as well. Exactly. Yes. And my third tip is don't put pins in your mouth. I see people doing it. It just strikes fear because people do, don't they? My mum used to do it. Gran used to do it. I just, oh, don't do that. (laughs) It's too scary. It's a safety tip from Kathy. That's my safety announcement. Yeah. (laughs) So those were my three tips that came to mind. Yeah. Any advice for people who are looking to create their own local craft group? Oh, that's a good one. It's probably easier to do it with somebody because it can be quite a lot to organise, but find a local community centre with free time slots because they're normally the cheaper venues and they don't cost very much money. And advertise as much as you can, make it welcoming. I don't know what else to say, really. We, We didn't do a lot of advertising. We just said, come along. And it kind of... It kind of works itself, really. Provide tea and cake. <laughs> there, there we go. And the time slot, the ideal time slot that you found, is that, say, four hours or 
half a day? Yeah, we choose um, a Tuesday evening and it's from six till nine because people need quite a a long time to just sit and relax and get into a project. If it was just an hour long, I don't think anyone would do anything. The first hour is catching up and showing each other what they've been doing and, you know, the chit chat. And then we find that the first hour is very noisy at the club, very loud, which is lovely. And then there's a quiet hum, you know, as everyone's starting to concentrate. It's really nice. So three hours seems to be the perfect time for us because it's an evening anyway, yeah. Yeah. Well, Kathy, thank you for all of that advice around sewing and also for starting up your own group. That's been really helpful. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you for coming on to the podcast for Sober 50. Oh, I was really excited to do it. Thanks ever so much for inviting me. It's really lovely. Oh, lovely to meet you, Kathy. And you. This episode of Soul of the 50 podcast on Soul Organized Style was produced by me, Maria Thea Harris, with permission of Kathy, sound by bensound.com. If you want to provide a guest post for Sober 50, make sure you direct message Judith and Sandy at the Sober 50 Instagram account. You can subscribe to Soul Organized Style podcast, but with an S, not a Z on all good podcast apps. Make sure you go back and listen to our free Sober 50 podcast archive. And if you can, consider supporting the production of this podcast on Patreon. Slightly but surely, the YouTube version of every podcast is being published on the Sober 50 YouTube account as an additional way to connect with people who are so over ageism. We look forward to joining you in your sewing room next time. Stay safe, everyone.